Hello, um, I'm Mike Zielinski, also known as Zeke, hence the show is called Talking Sports and Fitness with Zeke. And uh, just a reminder, uh, please like us on Facebook and subscribe to the People Chronicles channel on YouTube. Uh, my guest today, I wish he was with me back in my athletic day, which uh, predated uh, the invention of electricity, but I might have won uh, a Heisman Trophy or two. But anyway, my guest today is Tony Sabanis, and he is the owner and lead trainer for Accelerated Speed Training. Welcome, Tony. Thank you. And uh, you work with coaches and uh, athletes from all over the county, high school, college, professional teams. Mm -hmm. uh, speed and agility training, I guess, kind of like go hand in hand. And the, the story of this uh, telecast or video is speed, speed and agility training. So tell us the story about uh, accelerated training, okay. uh, your program, and then we'll get into some of the nuts and bolts of the things that you do to help athletes get faster, more agile. Okay. Um, with Accelerated Speed Training, one of the reasons I started it is because I wanted to be able to help athletes in the community become bigger, faster, stronger, and do so in a very efficient and scientific manner. So with speed and agility changing throughout the years, you know, you have the football coaches from 40 years ago that thought suicides were the thing to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they just run you into the ground until and the person... And your biomechanics were shot because you were yes. just exhausted. <laughs> yes, and, you know, typically them overworking the athletes has developed the new science behind speed and, agil speed and agility training and how people approach such a method because there's various ways that you have to look at it. You want to make sure that your athlete is biomechanically correct. So when they're running, you want to make sure that their running mechanics are, are correct. You know, they're doing things like using their arms, cheek to back pocket, making sure they're running in a linear line, uh, getting into deceleration, how to change direction very efficiently and trying to minimize the amount of injuries uh, I think that's one of the things over the last, say, 10 years or so, the injuries have gotten greater, even though the technology has gotten better. Um, and I think that's because a lot of the coaches are still using the old way of training and not always open to the new and scientific proven ideas of how to train an athlete correctly nowadays. How difficult is it for an athlete? Because by the time you get them, they've been running a certain way their mm -hmm. whole lives. Uh, how difficult it is for them to make that part of their, their their natural way of running? Well, it's one of those things. If we get them earlier where we can mm -hmm. correct some of the techniques and issues that they may be having, uh, it's easier to make that change. You know, like anyone, if you try to change at 45 versus trying to change when you're 10 or 11, the learning curve is easier at 10 and 11 than it is at 45 after you've had years and years and years of bad habits. Because not all running styles are alike. I mean, mm -hmm. there's, there's guys and, and girls who glide. Uh, I remember Marcus Allen back in the day, very high knee action. Mm -hmm. uh, is it one size fits all? Or? Really what you're looking for is you're trying to, however they run, you want to improve how that person or that individual runs normally. So we're not trying to change the format in how they run unless you know they have issues like being pigeon-toed or right. stuff like that where we're trying to get them to straighten out their toes so that later on they don't have any type of serious injuries or damage to the ligaments and tendons. So what are some of the specific things that you do in Typic terms of drills? Typically what we do is when a person comes in is we'll do a full 
scale evaluation. So we'll make them run, we'll watch, look at their technique, and then we'll kind of pick apart the things that they do and the things, the things they do well and the things they are doing not so well. And then we adjust and modify to make that program work for them. So for instance, some people have issues with running in a straight linear line very efficiently. Their arms move side to side, there's a lot of swaying, etc. Maybe their uh, footwork is not quite what it should be. Their toes might turn in or turn out, which would be problematic on both ends of the spectrum. So we may have to deal with that and work on motor unit development and drills that will help enhance them to get to a normal running pattern. And then we'll get into the things, you know, like you typically see, the ladder drills, the cones, the change of direction, uh, the high knees, the plyometrics, that type of stuff when you're looking for explosiveness and or being able to change direction very rapidly. I guess the three elements of successful athletic performance is being explosive, accelerating, and being mm-hmm. able to change direction. You just yes. nailed all of them. Uh, so you do this, you know, you do all them in one session because it seems like it probably puts a lot of stress and torque on the body. Typically what we'll do is we'll break it down. So you're looking at, depends on how frequently the athlete's training. So if they're training three times a week each day, we do something different each day. If we're only seeing them once a week, then probably we'll do a combination of things to try to maximize. Unfortunately, speed and agility isn't like personal training where you can only see a person once a week and they can do the other stuff the other days on their own. Mm -hmm. Speed and agility is typically done best through repetition. So usually seeing them multiple times a week, anywhere between two and four times a week is on average. Now, if they're playing one sport, you do this in the off season or are you doing it during the season? It it depends on what kind of issues they're having. A lot of times we'll see athletes mid season because for one reason or another, they're having various injuries. They'll have uh, bad knees, uh, your shin splints, your ankle sprains, those types of things. So sometimes we're doing a little bit of pre-post rehab type stuff to be able to get them functioning back onto the field. Um, A lot of times they use it in supplement and you just have to be careful because you don't want to create overtraining. So we want to make sure that when an athlete's performing, we want to make sure that they're at their best on game day. So if they've had a two-hour practice, I typically don't want to see them on that same day. I'd rather see them on an off day or when the workload is a little bit lighter. Is it easier to get gain a little speed than, say, agility? Uh, not really. I mean, they're pretty much the same. So it's the repetition. Once It's like anything else. When you're trying to change habits, the repetition determines how quickly you change your habits. So when people say they want to change their eating habits, just because they eat differently for one day doesn't necessarily going to mean that they're going to eat differently for 365 days. So it's the combination of drilling it into their head so that it becomes second nature. You want the athlete to not have to think when they're running that they just do it while they're out on the field. Yeah, it has to become second, like muscle memory. Uh, What do you consider uh, a benchmark, a metric for success? Like if someone runs a a Mm -hmm. 4.840, after they would train with you for six months, would you think like they could get down to four six or is it hard to come up with one quantifiable number because athletes differ athletes differ so it definitely is hard to quantify what we look for is improvement so if i can get them if they're running a four eight forty as long as they're running anything lower than a four eight that's improvement now each individual athlete they have different levels of work ethic so i have kids that come in and athletes that come in that They work really hard on their own. So I can say to them, hey, two, three days a week, I want you doing X, Y, Z drills on your own, and they'll actually do it. Then you have the others who 
are motivated while they're there, but when they're left to their own devices, don't necessarily have that same drive. So it's hard to gauge how quickly the progression will happen because a lot depends on their work ethic and their commitment to improving to becoming a better athlete. And the secondary side of that is there's so many other factors that go into it. So we not only, my number one goal with athletes is to make sure that they can be able to perform at a peak performance with minimal injuries. Um, so we really look at the whole protocol as far as, you know, do they do the mechanics correctly? Are they eating correctly prior to going to the game? Um, that's one of the big things that we talk about as far as your athletes. Most coaches are so focused on the exercise that they negate the nutritional side of things. Right. Uh, what role does the uh, body type and, you know, because some, some guys are born with fast twitch muscles mm -hmm. and some are slow twitch. Is that a fallacy or is that true? You do. Each individual has their own genetic makeup of they may be faster twitch muscle fiber. They may be slower. They may be a hybrid in between. You can train the athlete to respond to that. Now, do some athletes respond better? and quicker than others, absolutely. It's like anything else. It's like a learning curve. So saying that I learn at a different rate than you learn is pretty normal. Um, but you can train those individuals. You can always turn an athlete into a more explosive uh, individual as far as making changes in their uh, muscle fiber. So you're essentially changing from one muscle fiber type to another via training. So, uh, final question. You must get a lot of intrinsic satisfaction in seeing your athletes mm -hmm. improve their performance. Absolutely. It's a, it's a very interesting industry, and I'm very fortunate that we've been doing this for as long as we have. And my greatest joy is actually going to the games and watching my athletes because... As a trainer, I'm not there to just collect a paycheck. I want to make sure that my athletes are performing on the field, and the only way for me to do that is to actually show up at the games and watch what they're doing in action and be able to make those adjustments. All right. You're a good teacher. Thank you, Tony Sabanis, and uh, we hope to have you on our program again. Thank you. And uh, keep watching Talking Sports and Fitness with Zeke on the People Chronicles, and uh, look me up on Facebook.